Hello, and welcome to the How They Did It Business Podcast, where we share stories from the best in business. I'm your host, Alec Taylor, the founder of Diverse VC. Today, we have Abner Mason, who is an entrepreneur who previously spent 12 years leading multi-million dollar economic development and behavioral science programs. Abner is currently the founder and CEO of Conseido Sano, the only patient engagement and care navigation solution designated to help clients activate their multicultural patient populations to better engage with the healthcare system. He also was the founder of Corporate Responsibility Partners that specialize in helping companies to design, implement, and evaluate workspace wellness programs that target the major causes of poor health and rising healthcare costs in America. He also founded the Workplace Wellness and Prevention Council of Mexico. Abner, so excited to have you on today's podcast. I am so impressed and honestly just amazed at the amount of work that you've done and the impact that you've had. Super excited to be talking today. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Alec, for having me on. Looking forward to the discussion. <laughs> With that said, I know you're a super busy guy. You got amazing things going on in the background. So I'd love to hop into our fire round and ask you a whole bunch of fun questions. Are you ready? Sure. Let's go for it. I love it. So I think the books that you give people tell a lot about a person. What's the book or books that you've gifted the most to people and why? Good question. Uh, there's one that's sort of business oriented and uh, it's called Recruit Rockstars by a guy named Jeff uh, Hyman. And it, it basically makes the point that it took me a long time to learn. And so I want to make sure that everyone I know in business learns it earlier, which is that everything you do, it depends on the people you hire and you really should hire rock stars. And there's a way to do it. Um, but that whole concept of uh, your futures depends on these folks you hire. When you really start to think of it that way, uh, it helps you to, to realize just how important it is that you hire the very best people and that you figure out a process to do that. So that's the business book. And then, you know, uh, in terms of a uh, non-business related book, just personally important, uh, it's something I read in college initially. It's called The Open Society and Its Enemies by a philosopher named uh, Karl Popper. It was, it's an older book. It was written in 1945, but it's really a, a ringing defense of uh, the open society and liberal democracy. And, uh, it, it's, and I've been reminded of it after the last few years of, uh, and in particularly the last couple of months where, you know, our own democracy seemed imperiled. Um, we, we have to fight for the democracy that we have and, and to understand hmm. what the threats are to it. Wow, those sound like some powerful books. I definitely going to have to take you up on reading that uh, Recruiting Rockstars book. That sounds fantastic. Huge challenge is hiring the right people. And they can either make your day or they can break your day, right? So I, I love that so much. Moving the ball forward, if you had a gigantic billboard and you could put anything you wanted on it, and millions or billions of people all around the world would see it. What would you put on that billboard? It's something that that I think about a lot, and and you, you could argue it's a little strange, but it has really shaped the way that I have tried to lead my life. And it's basically write your own obituary. You know, what would you want people to say? about your life when you passed on. If you do that, if you actually take a minute and start to write your own obituary and, and what you would want people to say, 
it will transform the way you think about how you spend your day and how you're living your life and what you're investing your time in. It's been an important thing for me in my, in my life because it actually helps you to put aside a whole lot of stuff that just isn't that important. And you start to focus on things that really matter to you and that makes your life more fulfilling. And I think you accomplish more of the things that you really want to do in your life. That makes a lot of sense. It's funny you say that. You know, we, we've had guests on here in the past um, and with Luke, his, his podcast actually isn't up yet, but um, he has a, a Canadian company that is helping with post-death, uh, you know, uh, uh, arrangements for lack of better terms, right? Uh-huh. Where the, the deeds are going, where everything like that is going and, and who gets what and, and follow up with all that stuff. And in short, we're talking a lot about being in that industry. It really changes the perspective you have on life right? And, and how you're spending your time. And that reminds me a lot of the kind of the same thing here. And another thing, you know, I was talking with a lot of different uh, entrepreneurs is how do you go about saying no all the time? And it's funny, I always try to tease out what is your process, right? How do you think about it? And honestly, when you write that obituary, as you're saying, it does a great job of showing you, hey, this is a priority for me, or this isn't a priority for me. So exactly. I'm either going to invest my time and energy into it, or I'm not because it's something that doesn't align with my value system. But I mean, while we're at it, you know, I might as well propose the question. How have you gotten better at saying no to things over time? It's something that I think I know I'm still working on. So uh, I'm not perfect at it. But the one thing that has helped me a lot is to realize that I'm just not necessary for everything. And so one of the key things I've learned to do is to is to delegate. Uh, I've got a great team. And what happens a lot with a lot of entrepreneurs uh, is that, you know, you start out without a great team and you have to do everything. And so when you get a great team, you don't change your behavior and you still think that you have to take all the incoming inquiries and you've got to deal with it yourself. And one of the things I've just learned is that I've got an incredible team and I'm much better now. At, uh, as opposed to necessarily saying no, I'm saying you need to talk to this person on my team. I'm not even the best person now to handle a lot of the things because I've just got such a great team. They know more than me. They're better than me. They're smarter than me. So I need to get out of the way. <laughs> um, so I think that's the lesson I've learned. Wow, that's fantastic. I want to pivot gears and, and, and talk a little bit about absurd things. We've had some amazing guests come on here and share some really fun things that most people would think would be an absurd thing or an unusual habit that you personally love. Do you happen to have an unusual habit or some absurd thing that some people might view as absurd, but that you just absolutely love? <laughs> uh, well, not absurd. I mean, I really have, I didn't know how much I loved it until the, the uh, lockdown, but I really enjoy going to the gym. And yes. um, I didn't realize how important it was in my life and not just physically, but mentally, I do some of my best thinking in the gym when I'm lifting weights or between lifting weights. And so when the lockdown happened in California and all the gyms closed, it kind of changed my life in a really terrible negative way. Um, and I had to find a new outlet, but that's, um, you know, maybe it's not crazy, but it certainly is important to me. And I just didn't realize how important it was. You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, I've been listening to a lot of content and in short, it, it got me motivated to, to get, into the gym with more uh, consistency. Luckily in the Bay Area, we had a couple of gyms open up. Obviously safety precautions are are in place and they're all outdoor, et cetera. But I can agree with you, like the energy of being in a place where you see other people that are working hard and bettering themselves because nobody, even Joe Rogan was talking about this. Nobody wants to to just go and lift weight all the time. I mean, unless you're having a, a tough day, 
it does help you clear your mind as you're saying, but it's something where it's like, you're going out of your way, taking your own energy and you're trying to better yourself. And so many other things come out of that, right? You're healthier, your energy uh, is higher. You personally, yourself version of this yourself that you're trying to create, you're getting closer to that image. And then you're also working out problems. It's, that's actually a really amazing point to make there. So listeners, get in the gym, work out, go on a run, go on a bike ride, skateboard, whatever you need to do, go on a hike. It makes a huge difference. Awesome, awesome. Now let's talk about beliefs, behaviors, and habits. It says a lot about a person. And I think you are always surprised sometimes at, at what somebody might say, because we all come from different walks of life. We've all had different experiences. For you, in let's say, you know, last five years or so, do you have a new belief or behavior or even a habit that's greatly improved your life? Definitely carving out time for myself that is not work-related. When you're an entrepreneur, you tend to work 24-7. And because of the way, even pre-pandemic, you know, it was easy to work from home because you've got your laptop, you've got your, your phone. And now with the, you know, because of the lockdown, you're working at home all the time. There's no, there's no separation between work and the rest of your life. And I think it's really important to be disciplined about finding that separation and finding some time uh, for yourself um, that's not work-related. And if you want to, you know, do something not work-related that's also constructive in your life, you know, like I'm starting to read more. I had stopped reading, you know, <laughs> it just wasn't something I was doing. Um, and so it's it's important to find something, but you need time to do that thing. And you got to be disciplined about it because that time, everybody else wants it. There's lots of other things mm-hmm. calling on that time and you've got to reserve it. And, and I think being disciplined about that is something I've really I've learned this is really important. It's interesting you say that because in today's society, right? You said it yourself, we, we have no barrier stopping us from work to, to going to bed, to watch a movie, to hang out with friends. Like there's no, there's no separation anymore. What has helped you be more disciplined with your time? Because it's easy to, oh, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, but then you hop on YouTube or on Instagram, especially for my generation, right? Um, you know, the 30 below's. Or, you know, oh, I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z thing, or I got to go run and do some groceries, and then day's over, right? How do you discipline yourself, or what, what kind of process do you have? It's really hard. I, I, you know, everyone has to find the thing that works for them. For me, what really helped a long time, for a very long time was um, having a dog who required, to, had to be walked. Um, and it really forced me to stop, because, you know, he had to go out. And, and I started being disciplined about, and this was really hard for me, not taking my phone when I would walk the dog. Interesting. And that's, so you're disconnected. You know, I would recommend it, if, if it's not a dog, just going for a walk. But you got to disconnect and take a little time for yourself. And you need to find something that will force you to be disciplined about it. A dog will, because if you don't take them out, you're going to be cleaning up after them in the house. So that forces discipline. Not everyone has a dog. You got to find something that forces you out. And and it's different for different people. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And and great point there with disconnected from the phone. I mean, when we're talking about going to the gym, having your music, your playlist is great. But going on your phone and then checking Instagram while you're lifting or having your phone while you're walking, it it definitely takes away from being able to really be there in that moment and potentially address. I feel like this is the key thing here is you're addressing things that are unrelated to, you know, work, your email or something like that all the time that's immediately pinging you. You actually are addressing something that you're feeling or something that's top of mind and important to you. So you can now, it's almost like removing kind of barriers from being able to work on something. I I like that a lot. 
Now, I want to talk a little bit more about defining moments as a founder, right? You've done a ton of stuff. You've, you've made a massive impact in your space. How did you come about that? Like, what was that defining moment for you where you decided, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur and this is the right space for me? Did you, did you have a moment like that? With respect to Consejo Sano, the company I run now, yeah, I was doing uh, some work in Mexico. I had created a previous company that focused on improving employee health in Mexico. And I just realized that I was seeing there how technology, particularly the mobile phone, was being used to connect people to care. So this is in Mexico. So these are obviously Mexicans. They're Spanish speakers. It was being used to connect them to care in a really uh, simple way. It was cost effective. It was uh, available to almost anyone who had a mobile phone and almost everyone had a mobile phone. It was a telehealth solution that I saw. So uh, people were connecting to native Spanish speaking doctors, very simple to get simple health issues resolved. And I sort of looked at my own country, the US, and I saw that there was a huge Latino population um, almost a third, you know, Mexico has like 90 million people, 100 million is, you know, it's like 30, 40 million uh, Latinos in the U.S., so almost a third of the population of Mexico, but not a lot of healthcare solutions. And I thought if I could take what I was learning and seeing in Mexico and apply it in the U.S., um, and, and serve a market that was really underserved, the Latino population, uh, build a, an app that would connect them to native Spanish-speaking doctors 24-7, I thought, you know, I'd, that would be a really good uh, solution because it would both solve a problem, improve mm-hmm. healthcare, and it would be a good business. And so that's where the idea for Conseo Sano came from. Yeah, and I think like there's this trifecta that's occurring there as well. You're helping people you're changing and innovating the environment that is currently around you, as well as you found a way to make it economically beneficial for both sides, right? And I think that little trifecta there is, is a huge call for whatever business you're making. That's really amazing. And I'm happy to dive into that in that deep dive. I'm like edging toward it. We're so close. <laughs> uh, last couple of questions here. I want to talk about failure. You know, I, I fail all the time. Uh, you know, I, I have lists of things that I'm trying to do and I'm like, I'm going to get this all done today. Don't end up finishing it all. Or, you know, didn't expect to have this outcome. Whatever failure could be X, Y, and Z, you always end up learning something from it or it sets you up for success down the road, right? Do you happen to have a failure that stands out to you that ended up either setting you up for success down the road or taught you a really important lesson? Sure. So what I just described, this idea I had to create a company, Conseo Sano, that would connect uh, Spanish speakers in the U.S. to native Spanish-speaking doctors in Mexico. So I had a chance to meet a a company in Mexico that was, at the time, one of the largest telehealth companies in any country, let alone Mexico, high quality. Mm -hmm. So I had this idea, I don't need to build a telehealth solution. If I can partner with them, I can build an app and connect Spanish speakers in in the U.S. to native Spanish-speaking doctors 24 hours a day. And because of the cost differential in what doctors get paid and how healthcare works, um, economically it would work. So it was a great idea. Um, so I built the app. Um, I was able to initially get some, some traction in the U.S. I got some companies to use the service for their employees. Uh, but what I really wanted was to get into the large healthcare programs like Medicaid and Medicare Advantage. Yeah. And it turns out um, that uh, that those programs would not allow cross-border interactions. And so my idea, even though it was a great idea, I still think it's a great idea. It's just that for regulatory policy reasons and also the way money flows, and we could talk a bit more about that money flows in healthcare, the idea just, its time had not come. <laughs> Perhaps it still hasn't come, although I still think it's a great idea. But what I found was that 
we had to reach out to Latinos in the U.S. to tell them about the service. And so we use text messaging to reach out and to engage them and to say, here is the service that's available to you. Well, the service wouldn't work, but we found that we were very good at using text messaging to reach out to Latinos. And that, um, that idea of reaching out to people in a culturally, linguistically appropriate way, educating them about a solution and then navigating them to something, turns out that became the core business for Canseo Sano. Not navigating them to a telehealth solution in Mexico, but navigating them to their provider in the US. Uh, and that became our business model. So what was a total failure in the sense of the first idea, uh, it led me to what has become the core business of Canseo Sano. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I think that speaks a lot to like the idea where everybody talks about an entrepreneur needs to be able to understand when to pivot, right? right. Hey, this this I, I hit some roadblocks here, but there's this one avenue that we haven't been addressing. And it sounds like you're absolutely amazing on, on that part. And that's that's a really impressive piece there. Taking honestly a growth mindset approach to that is really great, right? Hey, this is this is an opportunity, not not a fixed thing that's gonna prevent us from from moving forward. Last question on this fire round. When you're feeling overwhelmed, right? You're an entrepreneur, you're getting connected all the time. We kind of talked a little bit about this. How do you, you know, get yourself to, to, to focus on what you're doing and, and, and be able to, to get whatever is in front of you done when you have so many distractions? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'd say for me, the thing that really has helped me and continues to is to, is to really figure out what you want. What are the results that you're looking for and to stay focused on the results. I think that it's really easy and I, do, I, I make the mistake of doing it uh, still and I need to, you know, it's something I have to always work on is to confuse efforts with results. It's really important <laughs> to distinguish efforts from results. And if you do that, if you're really disciplined about doing that and focus on results, it will always, you know, lead you out of tunnels that don't lead anywhere because you'll realize I'm doing stuff, but it's not achieving the results that I'm focused on. And it'll help you to be disciplined. You'll, it'll tell you what to stop doing because a lot of the things that we do aren't really leading us to the results that we yeah. were after. And so you really got to be disciplined about it. And it's hard uh, because it's easy to focus on efforts because you feel like you're doing something. Um, right all, principle. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what I find is if you can stay keyed in on the results, it can always kind of lead you back to the path that you really want to be on. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like a big part of that is honestly like reflection. You have to do some things and then you look back, okay, out of all the things I did, and, and honestly, within a, a close time proximity to when you had, you know, finally reached whatever milestone that may be, you look back maybe a couple of days later, perhaps, and you're like, okay, so what went really well here? What actually moved the ball forward and what stopped everything, right? So for me, for example, it's like uh, when I'm having meetings with my team, making sure we have action steps aligned for when we meet next time or making sure that we have an outline or an agenda of what we're going to be discussing so that we can quickly and effectively get into whatever we need to talk about and move to the next stage. There are times, though, where it's things like, uh, and it's hard to count the impact of it, but, um, you know, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, a big thing I like to do with my team is give me two words for how you're feeling today or give me something you're, you're optimistic about or excited to, to have in your life or do in your life, right? That kind of rapport building is hard to calculate. So it's not always black and white. It, there is definitely some gray space, but what you're saying there, I think is absolutely fantastic. Alrighty. 
Listeners, that's all we have for the fire round today with Abner. We're now going to hop into a deeper dive where we take a look at his business, his background, all the amazing things he's doing and how he's improving the employee health space, as well as honestly being an entrepreneur in a space that has so many legal hurdles, healthcare, and so many challenging spaces to, to work through right now. So we're going to take a deeper dive and hop into that right now.